2 Timothy chapter number 2, if you have your Bible. 2 Timothy chapter number 2. So the sign-up sheet is right there on that blue board with the good old rainbow board around it. Every time I see it, I think, I should take that rainbow border off. But then I don't think about it. Christmas, Christmas. 2 <laughs> Timothy chapter number 2. I know it's been a couple of weeks since we, since we met together in this room on a Wednesday night. But can anybody remember, a couple of weeks ago, we looked at three illustrations. Let me give you a hint. They're in your Bible. In 2 Timothy chapter number 2. There are three illustrations. <clears throat> Excuse me. There are three illustrations. And it's not getting any better. <coughs> there we go. There are three illustrations given in Second Timothy chapter 2 that we talked about last time. Paul said that I want you to be like this, this, and this. It wasn't like Christ. Kelsey. Yes. Thank you, Kelsey. Like a soldier, athlete, and a farmer. Yes. And they were all in the Bible. So all you do is look down. So he ends with that. And we're going to continue in verse number 8. It says this. Remember that Jesus Christ, the seed of David, was raised from the dead, according to my gospel, wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even unto bonds. But the word of God is not bound. Therefore, I endure all things for the elect's sake, that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. It is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. Let's pray. Let's jump into these couple verses. Dearly Father and God, we need your help tonight, Lord, as we continue through Second Timothy. God, we need your help, Lord, and as you illuminate your word to us, Lord, I ask you please still my heart and my mind. Lord, help me to only say what would be a help to these young people. And Lord, I pray that even tonight, God, that their hearts would be open to receive something from your word, not because of me, Lord, but because of your word. And Lord, we respect it, and Lord, we desire to glean something from it to change our lives. We love you. We thank you for everything you can do in Jesus' name. Amen. We really don't like to suffer. Romans chapter um, 5 says this, For scarcely would a righteous man dare to die for a person that was bad. No, none of us want to suffer. And just like I said, I think sometimes we, um, we look at the life of people in the Bible and we forget that they're actual living, breathing people. Like actual, they were teenagers one time. They went through the same struggles that I have as a man. They may have, the women went through the same struggles you would as a young lady. Like, they're real people. And as we look at Paul back in 2 Timothy, where is Paul at? He's in, he's in prison. Yes, he's in jail. And where is Timothy? In Ephesus. We're getting this. Good job. Timothy's in Ephesus. Paul is sitting in prison. What is Paul, what is going to happen to Paul at the end of 2 Timothy? Yes, you know the end of the story. Paul is going to die. And so when we look at, uh, when we look at the passage here, it's easy. It's really easy to look at the passages in 2 Timothy and forget what's really happening. To forget that there's really a man sitting bound in prison, about to be martyred for the faith, writing to Timothy, trying to tell him, hey, Timothy, as a young man, these are some things you need to know before I die that I've got to communicate these things to you. And sometimes we read through the Bible and we forget. These are actual people. There was an actual man named Paul sitting at an actual place, writing down to an actual man named Timothy, saying, hey, I'm about to die. Like, we need to get serious about this. There are some things that you have to do. And see, what Paul's telling, the whole thing we're talking about in 2 Timothy, continue. We come to verse 8. 
Paul is suffering for the sake of the gospel. Says, remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel. Let's look at Paul's challenge to Timothy. If you don't have a Bible, the passage, I put it on the top of the handout. I don't like to do that because I'd rather you bring your Bible. But I know that no matter how many times I ask, somebody's still not going to bring their Bible. So I'm going to put it on the top there so you can look through it. So, letter, uh, remember the, uh, Paul's challenge to Timothy. Number one, remember the resurrection. Remember the resurrection. So as we look at Paul's suffering, Paul's going to tell us for just a couple verses why it is worth suffering. Why in the world is it worth Paul sitting in, why can Paul sit in a jail cell and be happy, be joyful that he's suffering? He says, number, number one, remember the resurrection. A, it is the reason we have hope. Remember means to be mindful. And the passage I want you to write down there in that blank is 1 Corinthians 15, 12 through 20. 1 Corinthians 15, 12 through 20. The resurrection is the reason that we have hope. See, Paul says, if we look at the situation Paul's sitting in, it looks like a bleak situation. I'm going to die. Timothy, I'm trying to tell you what you need to know before I die. But you look at Paul, and Paul's look at it. And today, this really helped me. So hold on for me really quick and travel with me. When we look at the death, the burial of Jesus Christ, we can look at it, and I preach it a lot of times, how terrible it was that wicked, sinful men grabbed our Savior and spit in his face. I mean, can you imagine? Like, God Almighty, they cleared their throats and they spit in his face. They slapped him in his face, and they mocked him and said, Hey, if you're God, why don't you tell us who slapped you? They beat him. With their fists. God Almighty that came down to die on the cross for our sins. Like, just think about it. I know we, I preach it all the time and we can all like, get over it so quickly. But that wicked men would slap God Almighty and taunt him. And Jesus' Bible says, as the lamb before the slaughter was dumb, so he opened not his mouth. He didn't say anything. They brought him before Pilate. And the same people that yelled, Hosanna, now say crucify him. And Pilate just trying to make them happy. Maybe if I just go have him beaten, they'll be okay with that. And that Jesus was taken out and beaten with a kind of nine tails. And we know it because we grew up in church. The, the flesh is ripped off God Almighty in the flesh, his body. He's unrecognizable as a man. And you know what? When we look at it, the thing that Jesus had to put that cross on his shoulder after being beaten. And the Bible says he's not even recognizable as a man. So it, it's probably not even humanly possible for him to carry this cross. And he starts to crawl, carry this cross and falls underneath the weight. And we think about Jesus Christ. He did that for us because we're sinners. And the same thing as Paul looking at his suffering. I'm sitting in a jail cell. I'm sitting here about to die. But he says, Timothy, remember Jesus Christ of the seed of David, that he rose again according to my gospel? He says, hey, in the middle of all these bad things, and sometimes we dwell on that, and as they nail Jesus to the cross, and those same wicked men that cursed God ran nails through his hands and nailed him to a piece of wood. And they dropped that cross in the ground. And God Almighty hung there naked before all these people for our sins. It's a terrible thing. It should bother us. It should move us. It should change us in our sin. But then to think that three days later, he rose again. 
See, Paul's saying, hey, Timothy, the reason I can suffer is because Jesus Christ rose from the dead. He's like, hey, this isn't a bad story. It is not a bad story that I'm sitting in this jail about to die. Because you know what? We have victory, Timothy. He says, Jesus Christ of the seed of David, which meant he was a king. Hey, Timothy, it's okay. I can suffer for Christ because ultimately I'm on the winning side. And when we look at it, like the Pharisees, they say, hey, we remember that Jesus said he's going to get some, he's going to raise from the dead. So why don't you put some soldiers in front of the tomb? Why don't you just block the tomb off to make sure the disciples don't come and steal the body? And you know how awesome it is to think that as the, 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 the three, the Marys that walk up to the tomb to treat the body of Jesus, and they walk up and the tomb's empty. Do you know how awesome it is to think of just imagine the moment to when Jesus Christ and all those soldiers are standing outside of the, the tomb where Jesus Christ is buried. And all of a sudden on the third day, Jesus Christ bursts out from the grave. The stone rolls away by itself. The soldiers are knocked out. That Jesus Christ is no longer in the grave. I don't know if you've ever been to a funeral and seen a dead body. But it is an amazing thing to think, to think that God Almighty the same one that was beaten, that said nothing when they slapped him in his face, rose from the dead. He's king. And Paul says, hey, Timothy, I can suffer for the cause of Christ because ultimately we are going to win. I serve a risen Savior. And sometimes when we look at it, we look at things that are happening in our lives. Well, God, if you bring this situation to my life, you have this, me going through this right now. I don't know how I can handle this. Why in the world do I have to deal with this? And Paul says, you know what, Timothy? And he's going to build in the next couple of verses. It only gets better. He says, you know what? Remember the resurrection. Remember Jesus Christ rose from the dead. He goes on. B, it is the reason Paul suffered. He said, I suffer as an evildoer, a criminal. Evildoer, a criminal. And then B, Bonds and chains. I mean, the bonds and chains. As some as evildoer, a criminal, and then letter I, Paul is bound and treated as a criminal because of his preaching of the word of God. Number two, the word of God can never be chained or restrained. Yes, sorry, little double I. The word of God can never be chained or restrained. So Paul says, hey, you know what? The reason I can suffer is because Jesus Christ raised from the dead. And then the reason I can suffer is because, number nine, wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer. He says, you know what? I right now, Paul, Timothy, are sitting, am sitting here, and I am being tried as though I had done some heinous crime. And all I did was preach the gospel. He said, you know what, Timothy? I'm bound. I'm bound up in chains, sitting here. And I did no heinous crime. was just preaching the word of God, and now I am bound. But he said, you know what? The word of God is not bound. Now, I'm just picturing this in my mind, and I know that Things excite me more so than sometimes they excite other people. But I'm just picturing in my mind, Paul, like just in all seriousness, about to die, writing to Timothy. Timothy, things are bad. He goes on and told him before, perilous times. Hey, Timothy, I need you to be a soldier. I need you to be hard. I need you to be able to stand up and do what needs to be done, Timothy. He said, but you know what? I can suffer 
because I serve Jesus Christ and he raised from the dead. And he goes on to say, Timothy, I'm bound. And I can almost see it as he puts a smile on his face. But the word of God is not bound. The word of God is not bound. You know what, Timothy? I am being chained up because I did nothing but preach the gospel. But he said, you know what? They can do nothing to the word of God. You know what? Sometimes that doesn't mean much to us because we live in a free society. But if you know Nero and the people that Paul was under, I think it was Diocletian was the ruler that ruled. And he said he wanted every single Bible. He said, if you know of someone that has the Bible, if you even just know about it, you will die. And they took the Bibles. They killed families to get the Bibles. And at the end of Diocletian's life, he said, I have, in other words, I have destroyed that Christian book and the Christian writings. He thought he had the victory. But you know what? We know it. He hasn't stopped even the minute, in the minutest way, the word of God. And see, what Paul's writing here is this. Hey, I can suffer all these things. I can sit into a jail cell. I can know I'm going to die. And I can suffer these things happily because, number one, Jesus Christ is risen. I'm on the winning side. That no matter what happens to me right now, I know I have a home in heaven. Jesus Christ is winning. He says, you know what? Right now, I'm bound and treated as a criminal. I can't go and do whatever I want to. But Paul says, Timothy, let me let you know something. They cannot bind the word of God. No matter what they do, no matter what they try, they think they can squash it. But they can't do anything with it, Timothy. The word of God is not bound. But yet we let it sit on our nightstands, on tables, in the car. And see, this is what I'm saying, that sometimes we miss it. The Bible is written by real people. A man who's about to die for just simply preaching the word of God tells Timothy, Timothy, I'm happy. Because you know what? They can bind me up. They can kill me, Timothy. But they can't stop the word of God. It'll st- kill, it'll keep right on changing lives and saving people. And for that reason, Timothy, I can suffer like this. It goes on. Just like I said, it only gets better in verse number 10. Therefore, I endure all things for the elect's sake, that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Fill in some blanks. Number one, the first thing there, endure, means to persevere to bear trials. To persevere to bear trials. Eternal glory. The eternal reward of Christians in heaven. And then fill in this, I think there's a blank here. Paul was willing to suffer hardships so that others may receive salvation with the eternal, eternal reward in heaven. Paul is willing to suffer hardships that others may receive salvation with eternal reward in heaven. This is what makes Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul, the awesome man that he is. Paul says, you know what? Verse number 10. I suffer trouble, hardships. As I mean, therefore I endure all things for the elect's sake, that they may also obtain salvation within, which is in Jesus Christ with eternal glory. He says, hey, not only is Jesus Christ risen, not only is the Bible not bound, but you know what? I suffer these things because I want someone else to come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Man, this is what, if you read over Romans where Paul says, I'd rather be accursed, I'd rather myself go to hell than if it would save Israel. Paul says, you know what, I will suffer all these things 
so that someone else could experience salvation. Wow. Let me ask you. Let me ask myself. What am I willing to suffer if it meant something someone else would be saved? What am I willing to suffer if it would mean that someone else, the Bible says not even that, Paul said not even just their salvation, but that they would have eternal glory in heaven, but they would have fruit in heaven because of my sufferings? Paul says, hey, I'm willing to suffer trouble. If it means that somehow someone else will get saved, there's a guard here maybe that will get saved, there's someone else I can help along my troubles, man, I'll gladly suffer trouble. That's what makes them a great Christian, because most of us, being honest, that's their problem. I don't really want to go through any problems so that they get saved. If right now you had to look at your life and God let you pick things out, and God said, I believe, God said, if you choose this path of maybe a health situation, you choose this path of a health situation in your life as a teenager, but by you having the struggle, someone will get saved. You know what most of us would do? And I'm being honest with me. You know what, God? I appreciate it. Maybe they'll get saved some other way. I'd rather not take that struggle. I'd rather not live that in my life. And see, Paul says, hey, you know what? Timothy, things are bad. I'm in prison. I'm about to die. Like, it's not good. But I can almost see as he smiles and he says, hey, you know what? But the resurrection of Jesus Christ, I serve a risen king. And you know what, Timothy, even though I'm in jail, the Bible is not bound. And you know what, Timothy, because I'm suffering, other people are able to hear the gospel and get saved. And not only get saved, to live fulfilled lives for God. Do I care about anybody like that? I had to think about it today. Do I even care about you guys like that? To say that I would think, you know what, I'd rather suffer Go through whatever trial teenagers through my suffering. Oh man. I'd rather suffer that my son and my daughter, Shiloh and Tavian, would be able to have a fulfilled life in God. See, Paul says, you know what? Timothy, I'm suffering. But you know what? It's okay. Because I can suffer. It doesn't bother me. We look at the little things that come into our lives. In the scope of Paul's life, the things that we deal with are small. I'm not going to lie. The things that I've dealt with this week that I thought may have been overwhelming, I look at Paul's situation and I say, you know what? I need to get a life. Really. But when we look at it, our situations, oh, God, I don't even know how I'm dealing with this. I don't know even how I can go to school another day. I don't know how I can fix this problem in my family. Whatever. Paul says, hey, you know what? I'm glad to suffer. Man, you know what? Ultimately, Jesus Christ rose from the dead, according to my gospel. See, the God I serve, Timothy, he got up. Yeah, he got beat and slapped by sinful men. But on the third day, he broke out of the grave and left them all laying there. See, Timothy, I can suffer because, you know what? The word of God, they bind me with chains, Timothy. But guess what? They can do nothing to the word of God. See, they can bind me up, but see, the people beside me, I get to share the gospel with them. See, all the things that happen to me, I'm getting to share the gospel with those people. I'm getting to spread the word. They can't bind the word of God, Timothy. And then he says, you know what? I'm willing to suffer because if I suffer, I can be able to help some other people. Do you know the the times in church history where the most people have been reached by the word of God 
was when the church had to suffer. More people came to God through persecutions. You read the book of Acts. When they stoned Stephen and they scattered the church, people were getting saved left and right. But you know what, honestly? We here in Flushing, we sit in our church and we have good services and we laugh and joke and we have fun and Christianity, but we accomplish nothing because we're not willing to suffer. We look at suffering as a bad thing and Paul says, you know what? I am willing to, if it'll help somebody else come to Christ, bring on the suffering. And man, you know what, guys? To be honest, I am not there, but I want to be. I don't want suffering in my life. I don't ever want to get bad news about my family. But you know what? I read this passage and I see Paul at the end of his life. You know what? They're going to, Timothy, they're going to chop my head off. But you know what? It's all good. Because it's going to help somebody else get saved. The word of God is going to spread a little bit farther. And we, as Christians, are so self-centered. Well, God, you took, you're taking my comfort away, and so I'm not happy about that. We're like Jonah. In Nineveh, we went over the life of Jonah in Sunday school. Nineveh's dying and going to hell. Jonah, why don't you go talk to Nineveh? No, I'm not going to Nineveh. Jonah finally does because he got ate ate up by the whale, got spit out. I am going to Nineveh. Bible says at the end of Jonah chapter 4, he's witnessed to Nineveh. Nineveh repents and he sits up in the top of the mountain where he can see everything. And a gourd grows up. We talked about this in Sunday school a couple weeks ago. Gourd grows up. Jonah had a little shade. Oh, man. God, I knew that you would forgive Nineveh. Man, you're such a good God, and I can't believe that you would forgive Nineveh. The gourd dies. What in the world, God? I'm sitting here, Nineveh saying, the gourd's gone, I have no shade, I'm going to die. And God says, hey, Jonah, <laughs> there's a whole city of people that don't know their right hand from their left hand, they're going to die and go to hell. And you're upset about the gourd that died? That's us. What do you mean? I can't have these luxuries in my life? You mean I actually have to suffer for a cause of Christ? You mean I have to actually pass a tr- track out and someone say no? I have to go to school and stand up and be, do right and someone actually make fun of me? What do you mean? I can't do that. That's too hard. Paul says, man, bring the trouble on. And we are so self-centered. Aaron Burton is so self-centered because he doesn't want anything that shakes his little world. Paul says, bring it on. He goes on. Verse number 11. Through 13. To this, it is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny, he will, he also will deny us. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. Quickly, I will tell you that verses 11 through 13 are probably the hardest verses that I ever had in youth group to wrap my head around. Because I was like, I understand some of the principles in 11 through 13. And I'm going to tell you that you're not even going to get the half of what I spent the day studying trying to get through verse 11 through 13. But they're good. So if you ever want to have like six, seven hours you want to spend to study it, jump in there. It's good stuff. But when you go through verse 11 through 13, go ahead. We'll fill in these things. A reliable truth. Faithful means to trustworthy. Suffer also, once again, means to bear trials just like endure. Faithful is trustworthy, suffer, bear trials, 
Deny means to contradict, to oppose. And then I'm going to give you the next couple points and we're going to finish it up. Faithful, trustworthy, suffer, bear trials, deny, contradict, oppose. And then the words is the faithful saying. And this is just for one day if you're in jeopardy and they ask you, you're on the Jeopardy TV show and they ask you a question that usually starts out one of the hymns or like something from like, like we would sing, we would say I have a song stuck in my head and maybe like the old rugged cross and we say it over and over again. This right here is a faithful saying means that Paul's going to say something that most of the Christians would have known as probably a hymn, a song, or one of the chants that they would do. Like, not a chant, but like a, a memorization that they would do. So he says, this is a faithful saying. So this is not original with Paul. This is Paul saying, telling Timothy something that he would have probably heard in a song or somewhere before. It is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he, and also, he also will deny us. If we believe not, Yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. So, this is the, what it's saying here. If we die, we live. If we endure the suffering, we reign. Galatians 2.20, Revelation 5, 19, 9, 10, 20-25. If we deny him, he denies us. If we believe not, he abides true, he cannot con- contradict himself. So hold on for me really quick. This is what Paul finally tells Timothy about all the suffering. He says, this is what it comes down to. Timothy, if you die, you live. It's totally opposite to what natural human thinking says. Paul says, we, said, we know this from, um, from Galatians 2.20. I better turn there because I'm not going to pronounce it. I'm not going to quote it right. I'm not even going to go ahead and try. Galatians 2.20. Oh, you know it? Oh, I was about to say, if you know it, quote it. That's awesome. Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Paul's telling Timothy this. You live, I mean you die, you live with Christ. I have been trying to wrap my mind in a way to tell, explain to you guys what it means to die. I know that Adam touched on it in Colossians chapter 3 on Sunday night. What does it mean to die with Christ? And it's simply this. I am crucified with Christ. See, me, Aaron Burden, I leave Aaron Burden at the cross where Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, he became sin for us who knew no sin. That we may that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So you know what? In order to live the Christian life for God, Aaron Burden has to die. As Adam talked about on Sunday night, Aaron Burden has to come to be a corpse to the things of this world, to the things of sin. See, because we don't like that. We don't want to be dead to anything. Right now, as a teenager that would live a godly Christian life, and most of us aren't there. Aaron Burr's not there where he should be. But see, to be dead to the sin, to be dead, crucified with Christ, would mean that I would be like a corpse to things on television. You know, I could live my whole entire life and never watch another movie, that a Hollywood movie, and be like, you know what? It doesn't bother me. 
because I'm dead with Christ. You know what? All the things that the world puts out there, you know what? I could never have a new article of clothing, and as long as God provided me what I needed, I'd be content because I'm dead with Christ. You know what? I could, I could go through my whole life never listening to any kind of secular music because you know what? I don't want it because I am dead with Christ. You know what? That goes against everything we have. Because, see, we say, hey, if I live, I'm going to live to the fullest extent. What is the uh, YOLO? You only live once? <laughs> that is what, that is what, how we live. And see, what, God's, what Paul's telling Timothy is this. You want to live, you die to all those things. You give them up. You say, you know what? With Jesus Christ on the cross for my sins, he got all of me. And if I never do anything else for Aaron Burden, that's fine. Because I want to live for God. And you know how far that is from our Christianity today? It is so far that we think it's ridiculous. You mean that, that say that I, would, I could go through my whole life and never ever turn the television on to watch a Hollywood production or TV show? We would think, you know what, that's extreme. They're weirdos. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. But I'm saying that I'm dead to them, that I don't need it. I don't need my, that to be my life fulfilled. But you know what? That I could, as a teenager, that you could go through your life and never be, I mean, go through your teenage years and never be involved in a, a guy-girl relationship, a serious, like, dating relationship. You know what? We said, that's ridiculous. How in the world could you ever do that? You'd have to be gay. And when you look at when you look at that in our society, we think, you know what? We can't do that. But see, Paul says, hey, Timothy, if you want to live for God, you're going to have to die to self, to everything Aaron Burden wants, to everything you want as a teenager. And you know what? I, it took me so long to wrap my mind around it because that's not the way we live. We think that's utter ludicrous to actually think that I would have to give up everything to serve God. But Paul says, hey, Timothy, it's a faithful saying. If you want to live, you've got to die. He goes on. He says this. If, you, if we suffer, you'll reign. Hey, Timothy, if you want to reign with Christ forever, be willing to suffer down here. See, what we want in our lives is we want an easy Christian life so we can go and spend eternity in heaven. That's the premise, to be perfectly honest, under which most of us got saved. Just to be honest. Someone preached a message and said, you know what? If you don't accept Jesus Christ, you're going to die and go to hell. And we said, you know what? <laughs> I don't want to go to hell, so I'm going to get saved, which is smart. But you know what? We don't come to the premise of, you know what? I suffer so that I can reign with him. Most of us did not come to the thing that says, when we got saved, we did not get saved under the premise that, you know what? I want to give my life to God and everything about it. If he wants to take everything from me, no matter what, like Job, I'm willing to suffer, whatever, because right now I'm getting saved because I want my whole life to be wrapped up in Jesus Christ. That's not the way we come to it. And so Paul says, hey, if you want to reign with Christ, be willing to suffer. See, we want to be royalty everywhere we go. We want to be royalty down here. God, see, I really want in my Christian life to be the popular person down here. And when I get to heaven, I want to rule and reign with you. Paul says, if you want to suffer, then you'll reign. And he goes on, he says, if you deny him, he will, he denies you. If you push off God, 
God is going to push off you. Makes sense. But we don't live that way. The unsaved world pushes God all the time away. And they say, well, if God was such a good God, why would he? Because you've pushed him away. Because you denied him, so he has denied you. And he says, lastly, if we believe not he abides true, he cannot contradict himself. And then it comes to the point where Paul says, you know what? If we don't believe God, it's nothing to God. Because he's true to himself. If I don't believe him, it doesn't change anything. It's like going into war. I think I've used this illustration before. And I walk up to someone with an AK-47. And I tell them, you know what? I don't believe that AK-47 will kill me. You know what? They are not going to have a big argument about whether the AK-47 are going to kill me. Is it going to kill me? They're not going to put their weapon down and say, well, the reason it's going to kill you is because you know the firepower behind this thing. No, they're going to pull the trigger. And what's going to happen is I'm going to die. And they're like, oh, guess he was wrong. And keep moving. The same thing with God. He says, hey, if you don't believe God, it has not changed God any. If you say, you know what? I don't believe there's a God. That hasn't phased God a bit. You know what's going to happen? You're going to die and you're going to go to hell. God is not, God's going to be true. He's not going to contradict himself. God's not going to go, you're not going to get to heaven. God's going to have a long conversation where, well, you know why? You went to hell because really there was really all these really proofs in creation that showed you that there was a God. There was really all, no, he's just going to say, you know what? I gave you my word. I told you what you ought to do and you did not do it because the Bible says God will not contradict himself. He will not deny himself. So Paul says, Timothy, I can suffer because of all these reasons. But Timothy, to be perfectly honest, if you want to live with him, and I don't mean that in heaven because it's not a word salvation, but if I want to live a life for God, I have to die. And see, if I want to reign with him, it means I will have to suffer and be willing to. If I deny him, he'll deny me. And if I don't believe him, he remains faithful. He remains true. He will not contradict himself. So Paul says, Timothy, you know what? I can suffer all these things because you know what? Ultimately, I'm going to win. Paul says, you know what? I chose to die. I died to the things of Paul. That's why I can sit in a prison cell and write this letter out and say, you know what? I'm happy because Jesus Christ rose from the dead. I'm happy because I'm bound by the word of God's not. I've already chosen to die. I'm happy with it. And you know what? Paul says, you know what? I'm ready to reign with God. I have fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. Henceforth laid for me a crown of righteousness. Man, I'm willing to suffer so I can reign with him. I'm not going to deny him. The whole reason he, Paul was in prison because he wasn't going to deny God. Paul says, Timothy, I want you to continue. To keep doing the same thing that you know what you ought to do. And even though it's opposed to everything that we think sometimes about the word of God, God is still serious and God is still calling us as individuals, as Christians, to go all out. Hey, if you're going to live, you got to die. You want to reign? You've got to suffer. You deny me, I'll deny you. God says, hey, I'm still serious about it. Let's pray. Dear Holy Father, God, we thank you for the time that we've had tonight. God, I thank you for the attendance of our young people. And Lord, I ask you to help us. Lord, as we look at, Lord, just trying to live the Christian life that you've called us to be in, God, it is totally sometimes opposed to, Lord, the pop Christianity, the Lord, that we live in. And God, I ask you to help us to understand, Lord, the seriousness of, Lord, your word. And Lord, even as teenagers, Lord, as young people, help us understand, God, that there is more to live for than right now. God, we only do live once, and God, that the whole principle behind it is that that way we must pour our whole life into serving you. God, help us 
We need your help, Lord. We need your direction, God. We need the mind of Christ and not the mind of the world. And Lord, I say that for me, Lord, as well as these young people. Help us, God. Lord, we'll thank you for everything that you do. We'll give you the glory for everything that's done. In Jesus' name, amen.